I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. How often do I tell you how great Utah is? How often do I reveal to you here on this program that Utah finds itself on the top of some new uh, wonderful list? Often, right? We have the lowest unemployment right now. We are, compared to other states, ranked uh, repeatedly as one of the best positioned states uh, to bounce back after the, the coronavirus fades into history. Yeah. In terms of regulation, uh, we have very low regulation, uh, and this is a, a wonderfully attractive place for businesses. Well, so too have you and I come to maybe even take for granted the seamless ability, the smooth operations uh, which happen when we here execute mail-in balloting. We're, we're one of the very few states uh, that really has the process figured out. And the process, it turns out, is a bit more complicated than, than you or I may have realized uh, before, you know, this most recent mail-in balloting debate uh, took off. We know, or at least we have been told uh, by the Postmaster General and the, the President himself, that the post office itself is uh, fully capable of handling the volume of mail required to execute an all-mail-in ballot. Uh, you, you and I, a few weeks ago, we went through the numbers, and I, it's pretty simple. I mean, the, the number of uh, parcels, the number of, of mailings required uh, really doesn't even eclipse the typical volume handled by the post office in a single day, right? And we have recently the post office that is uh, mailed out uh, you know, stimulus checks, uh, the, also, the census is being executed right now. The, the post office can handle surges, and the, the the scope of the surge, which would come in November, even if every single person, every single registered voter, uh, if they were to uh, vote by mail, it would it would barely even register as an anomaly on uh, on the scale there at the post office. So the, the the capacity of the post office to handle November not in question at all. Now, where the where the real questions come in have to do with each of the states' abilities uh, to, to handle them. Okay, both in terms of competence and statute. So the ability of uh, workers to to handle it, the ability to uh, you know carry out the the smooth process that at least on paper exists. But then uh, I mentioned statute. And this is where things get tricky, and this uh, is what brings me to the, the topic at hand. One of the reasons why we here in Utah are able to execute these so smoothly uh, carried out 
uh, mail-in balloting efforts, it's because the the, the, the clerks are able to, uh, as soon as they receive a ballot in the mail, uh, they can open it and count it. And so it is that on primary night of this year, we were able to know uh, pretty reliably many, many results. You know, of course, there were uh, there were a number of ballots that were mailed at a time that, uh, you know, it, it demanded and required that they be counted, you know, after Election Day. And so, you know, fully certified results uh, weren't available on Election Night. But we had a really good sense, Right. Were you refreshing your computer as I was? Maybe watching uh, uh, the news, listening here on KSL Radio as we reported those uh, those preliminary results as they came in. We were able to do what happened that night because we are able to, the clerks at least, uh, in the respective counties to open the ballots that night. Now, that's not the same everywhere. Uh, KSL News Radio's Lindsay Arents reports uh, just yesterday. She explains how mail-in ballots work in other states. In most states, mail ballots can be processed as soon as clerks get them, meaning they can start verifying signatures on the ballot and separate the ballot itself for counting later. But for 11 states, including the battlegrounds in Michigan and Pennsylvania, state laws prevent clerks from even starting that process until polls close on Election Day. So what does that mean? It means that. It means that if we uh, lean into this mail-in balloting, which I think is a good thing, I'm just kind of managing expectations right now, if we do uh, adopt this process uh, in much larger measure than we have ever seen uh, before across the country, in particular in these 11 battleground states, we are going to be waiting some time before election results, presidential election results, uh, are made known and certified. It could be weeks. And what would those what would those few weeks be like? What will the what will the there's not much that the candidates can do at that point. Maybe they can uh, work in the courts and file some lawsuits, but it's not like changing anyone's mind politically uh, will be to their benefit or detriment. It's going to be a fascinating time, and the path on which we find ourselves right now means that inevitably we will be in a period of weeks of waiting. So I, in my own mind, am just trying to manage expectations, get a good understanding of how exactly this will carry out, and know that I really shouldn't expect a, a clear-cut answer on uh, election night. In fact, in fact, I, I've seen this, uh, this idea floated around, and it is that uh, President Trump may very well, on election night, appear to be the clear-cut winner by, by a country mile. Why? Well, because the, the speculation is that uh, conservative voters, Republicans, uh, those supporters of uh, President Trump may be more inclined to vote in person. They may be more willing to uh, you know, brave the crowds or uh, take the risk of venturing to the polling locations, which will be open. There will be polling locations. All right. All this talk of mail-in balloting, uh, you'll be able to vote in person. The idea is, or the thought is, that those results, which can be tabulated uh, you know, almost immediately, certainly by the evening of Election Day, that those results, because they will be uh, made up so disproportionately uh, by, by conservative folks, maybe Trump supporters, uh, that Trump will appear to be the clear-cut winner. But it is then afterwards when these other states, due to their statute, are able to start opening envelopes 
know, the election night and start counting and reporting results over the next few weeks uh, that that gap or, or whatever victory President Trump thinks he may have enjoyed on election night, uh, that may close and uh, it may be uh, President Biden that ultimately takes the lead. Who knows ultimately what it will shake out, but it, the, the, the view is, and I, I understand this rationale and agree with it, that uh, at the onset it may appear that President Trump uh, wins by a, a country mile, at least on election night. Uh, Justin Lee is a name you know. He is the director of elections here in uh, the state of Utah. And as I, as I talk about all this, I want you to know that we here in Utah, we've got to figure it figured out. We're not going to have uh, the problems. I don't believe. And I say that because we've seen uh, this executed successfully in the past. Justin Lee elaborates on what a good place Utah finds itself in right now. The good thing is we've been doing this for many years here in Utah. So we're in a very good place, I think. Um, I think the most difficult thing we have right now um, is explaining to people the election rules are different in every state. So someone may hear about an issue going on in, I'm just going to pick a random state, Nebraska, for example, um, and not understand the nuances between their laws and our laws. So I think the, the most difficult thing we have to do is just let people know it works like this in Utah, it works well in Utah, and just because it works you know, a different way in some other state doesn't mean it impacts us here. Justin Lee went on to explain that we, in this good place we find ourselves here in Utah, it didn't come about automatically. And we had to, in fact, get rid of a handful of archaic laws uh, to, to get to the place we find ourselves now. Even until this last year, uh, we had some pretty archaic laws when it came to uh, vote by mail on the books. You know, now that we've got all 29 counties doing vote by mail, uh, there was some big legislation around this last uh, March uh, that really clarified a lot of things in the law. There for one example, we used to have something that said you would literally string up uh, vote-by-mail ballots when they came back in on an actual string. Um, and that's, that's very archaic. Nobody does that anymore. But until you get to kind of this, this certain volume of vote-by-mail, some of these laws don't matter as much. So I think the number of people voting by mail in these other states is taking them by surprise, uh, which means some of these laws that, that just haven't mattered before are really being brought to the forefront. Those are the laws, those laws right there that are being brought to the forefront right now, in particular in the 11 battleground states that don't allow for the opening of ballots ahead of Election Day, mail-in ballots, that is. Uh, Those need to be straightened out. Uh, They need to be fixed. They need to be streamlined. Uh, Ballots should be able to be opened ahead of Election Day. And my hopes and prayers are that these battleground states are able to pull that off ahead of Election Day. If not, we got to manage our expectations and know that we will be waiting for some time after Election Day to learn who will be the 46th president uh, of the United States. Uh, Quick break. When we return, we'll be speaking with the vice presidential nominee for the Libertarian Party. Spike Cohen wasn't able to join us yesterday, but I found out why. We'll get that story next and why he sees himself and his party as the one that ought to be leading this nation. We'll find out next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. 
You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.